Hello and welcome to the Four Comic Junkies podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, JJ Hodges. This podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Check out batmanonfilm.com, go to Batman Podcast Network, and check out all the coolest podcasts this side of the Gotham Town Square. Whatever. You get what I mean. Hope you all have a uh, are having a lovely uh, start of your winter season. Uh, seems like we just started winter here where I live. Um, Do you really get any snow in December? And now it's January. Getting getting some. It's happening. You know we live in that uh, that climate here. I live in Pennsylvania. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, that's you know. But it's cool. It puts me in the spirit to watch a, a holiday movie, even though we're now past the holidays. Um, you know, a wintry movie, uh, such as Batman Returns, which is what this episode <gasps> is all about. Uh, and it's extra exciting because, uh, we're talking about Batman Returns. We're talking about the Batman getting, uh, Batman, Penguin, and Catwoman back on the big screen together. I mean, that's just, uh, the only thing missing is Christopher Walken and, uh, you know. His his uh son who's trying to be like him kind of or whatever yeah you get it you get it <clears throat> uh, I'm very excited for today's episode uh Pete Vera comes back uh from straight out of Gotham he's uh you know just just so much fun to talk to we can sit there and geek out for you know hours and hours it's never a dull conversation where Pete is concerned uh you know we I tell him we're gonna talk Batman Returns he literally puts on the movie and we're talking during the movie. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, check him out at Straight Outta Gotham, Batman on Film. Well, he plugs himself at the end. You, you, you'll you see it. Or hear it, I should say. Because it's a podcast. You can't see anything. <laughs> or, wait. I mean, you can see stuff. You just can't see. Moving on. Uh, if you are looking for me online, you can find me at 4 Comic Junkies. That's F-O-R, Comic Junkies. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can email me for comic junkies at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to be going strong with these, uh, the road to the Batman segments, uh, for the next uh, few weeks here. I'm very, very excited. Uh, this movie's going to blow us all away, I think. Uh, but we're taking it back. We're taking it back, back, uh, 30 years. Holy shit. Wow. This movie's now 30 years old. Batman Returns. Here we go. Hope you like it. And here we go. The uh, North uh, or New Jersey's finest uh, has returned, uh, as has Batman. For Batman Returns, it's Pete Vera. Pete, thanks for so much for coming back. Everyone's back. We're back. We're we're in full force here. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on. Uh, when was the last time I was on? I can't remember. I don't. It's been a while. You've been it's, a busy man. It has been. I think it was. It might have been the Superman Aliens that we did. Yes. Oh, that was fun. Now yeah. that's a podcast you all should listen to if you haven't. That was a. If you like uh, mullet Superman, uh, that's the story <laughs> for you, right? Uh, that's still in my computer bag, actually, because I was flipping through while we were talking. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was a great one. Uh, and then I think we've just done like random like streaming for for Josh and then the vigilante boys uh, in the meantime. 
So oh, those those vigilantes, you can never, <laughs> you don't know what they're up to. They're, those guys are always out there. They're doing the Lord's work. Um, <laughs> shout out to the vigilantes V39 for life. Uh, we, yeah, we love them. And, you know, Nico was just on to talk about uh, tick, tick, boom. We had a great talk there and, uh, and, you, and you guys are straight out of Gotham. You've been busy. Um, as of today, uh, as of this recording, got mentioned by uh, comic book resources, breaking some uh, She-Hulk news. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was nice. In the latest episode of Straight Out of Gotham, I believe it was episode 67. We had the editor-in-chief of Geeks Worldwide, Casey Walsh, on. And he, uh, he broke some interesting uh, She-Hulk news. Don't Google it. Listen to the podcast. Give me the download. I'm not going to give it to you now. So I'm going to make you earn it. Yeah, it's out there. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're we're on our way. We're on the road to the Batman. Um, it's yes. A, it's a very exciting time because it's finally happening. As of, we should have already seen this movie at least twice over, uh, but COVID kind of. I feel like up. we should have owned it by now, right? Like, shouldn't it be like in my in my DVD or my blu-ray library by, by this point uh, it you're you know that's that's even more true uh how, how messed up is that but uh but you know we're we're on the way um but first we're going to talk some uh pre-batman stuff so we got batman returns um which is um i have to say is probably the best christmas movie ever because it has batman <laughs> in it <laughs> i mean home alone's great the grinch is great uh, you know, Elf, uh, one of my all-time favorites, but mm-hmm. they they don't have Batman in them, so you know they they take a backseat to this one. <laughs> uh, I can't I can't argue with you. I can't argue with you. It's <laughs> it's great to have a little bat in the in the Christmas tree and get him out of the bill for you. Um, so is this is this your favorite of the the original four Batman movies? Oh, uh, <laughs> that's tough. I mean, I mean, it's obviously either Batman or Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. Uh, picking between 89 and returns is uh, quite the difficult task. Um, cause there's a lot to love in both of them. I, yeah. uh, I'm not going to pick my children. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. Um, I think where I think that Batman returns excels more than, than Batman 89, it's not a knock on either one or on Batman 89 is that I think that the music is a lot better. Like there's the music, helps to tell the story almost better than the script does in such a it, strange it feels way. a little more personal right it's uh burton was given a lot more control yeah uh, elfman is the solo uh musical influence of the film this time around mm-hmm. there's no prince uh Soshi yeah. and the banshees makes an appearance in a, in a track but it's it's all elfman it's all Bert, burton it's uh it, it's a full-on just tim burton production at this point it you know i, I think it was bill that described it as a Tim Burton movie with Batman characters in it. And it's not, he's not, I don't think he's wrong, but uh, I think that's, I mean, that's accurate. That's exactly what it is, but it's, it's still so much fun. It's still to this day, you know, and maybe Colin Farrell will change my mind, but to this day, it's my favorite version of the penguin. Well, we all know where I stand on that. (laughs) Oswald is is a big favorite of mine, as is this portrayal of Danny DeVito. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love everything about him from the, the eating of the fish to the French flipper trick to the <laughs> just, you know, I come from like you. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just everything. The umbrella. Uh, it's, no, it's going to give you a splitting headache. It's just like everything about it. this. Um, I, I defend this portrayal of the penguin all the time. I mean, until this movie in 1992, the penguin was nothing more than just a fat guy with an umbrella. Um, 
if you want to pull a Rick shoe and you want to get all upset that he's kidnapping babies, well, you know, that's what bad guys do. They do bad things. So <laughs> that's what that's all about. Uh, I'm all, I'm all for it. Um, I dig this movie. I dig this portrayal of the penguin because it finally gave him an identity. Um, he was kind of this grotesque figure for a while. Even Batman, the animated series uh, picked up on that mm-hmm. up until probably I'll say no man's land. And that's when a new version, a more mobster, more kind of, emperor type right like he was kind of controlling that area of gotham after the cataclysm and the earthquake and all, and all that jazz so yeah. uh you know the penguin he he's he's gone through some transformations over the few years and then you know i, I think arkham kind of took it the arkham games took it a step further even um so he's uh, constantly being redefined by whoever's got him um at the time and uh, you know now it's Oswald's in the hand of Mr. Matt Reeves and Colin Farrell. We're gonna we're we're in for a real surprise there. I can't wait. I think I think it was uh, you guys over at Batman of Film. It had to have been that pointed out that that very first trailer we got last year at uh, Fandom that pointed Colin Farrell out in it because I because it's like a quick shot in that first trailer and I was like I was like I remember thinking who's that guy and then yeah who's the fat guy in the background like you don't think about it and it's like <laughs> that's Colin Farrell under about five hours of makeup and you're like oh. Like, like, holy wow. shit! Like, yeah. <laughs> um, you know? I think, I, I think that that's that's one of the great things about the Batman villains is that they are op- more more so open to reinterpretation than any other comic book villain, really. You know, when you think of like, there's divisiveness over like the different Lex Luthers, right? The ones that are closer to the comic books, like you know, like a Michael Rosenbaum or even Gene Hackman at the time, Lex Luthor, you know, were received very well because they were close to what those characters are whereas like mm. the batman villains you can really play around with them and like have some you know treat them like putty a little bit and they're malleable so, yeah yeah so you can make the penguin you know a, a like a literal half bird man and you can make catwoman just kind of a crazy lady that has nine she's lives zombie. she's a zombie <laughs> pretty much <laughs> she's uh, a zombie she's like uh it was that one guy that i think one of the villains in the world is not enough. The one James Bond movie where he doesn't feel pain. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? <laughs> well, if you're going to fall through all those yawnings, awnings, yawnings, <laughs> all through all those awnings, uh, I don't think you can feel much. <laughs> no, probably not. Um, but I think uh, th- this movie gave us iconic portrayals of those characters and that have really stood the test of time. I mean, you know, people talk about Catwoman nine times out of 10. They're talking about Michelle Pfeiffer. You know, and yeah, as uh, as comic book accurate as Anne Hathaway's was her Catwoman in The Dark Knight Rises, still to this day, I'd say the most popular cat women are Julie Newmar and Michelle Pfeiffer. I think yep. they're I think they battle it out for the number one spot in a lot of people's hearts. I think Julie Newmar is, and uh, Eartha Kitt are, are pretty close behind that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think. Uh, I think Michelle is definitely up there for the title. We'll see what Zoe's got in store. It's, it's fun too, because th- that's what's great about the Batman is they're reintroducing characters. We haven't seen in such a long time. Yeah. You know, you, we went from dark Knight to suicide squad to Joker. We that's, there's not a whole lot of time to kind of forget about the Joker a little bit there. Yeah. Um, and you had Gotham sprinkled in between, which whatever the hell that was. So uh, <laughs> they had three <laughs> or four different about Oswald. Yeah. Oh, oh God. And then that, that show just did a horrible job about everything. It's just an embarrassment to everything that is Batman. Um, but their, their portrayal of Oswald wasn't the worst thing in the world. 
I did I did like their Oswald and I did like their Riddler. I thought he was cool. I thought yeah. Uh, um, they did some weird stuff in between, but like yeah. you know, it was he wasn't the worst thing on that show. I'll I'll, I'll say that, Mr. Robin Lord Taylor. His I, haircut I, was horrible. I don't know what the hell they were thinking of that. I yeah, that was you know what I can't remember his name, the lead singer of Green Day. It's like his face through the early 2000s. <laughs> okay. A little bit like that. I feel like I get more of like a panic at the disco vibe from him, just that, that's even better, even better. Yeah. Brendan, yeah. Brendan Urie. Yeah. Um, but uh I I liked you know his trajectory on that show, and that show just didn't quite know what it was doing, very obviously. That's the truth. Um, whereas I'm I guess the there's a Penguin show and a, a Gotham show coming out now. Is that right? There's two different ones? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, Colin Farrell and is uh, coming back for his own kind of, I want to say, I believe it's a rise to power. I think it'll take place after the Batman. Okay. Whereas the, the GCPD Arkham show, I think, takes place before the movie. Okay. So we're going to have a little before. We're going to have, we're going to have kind of, maybe we'll have like a nice little complete story arc before, you know. A beginning middle and end um so that's great news that's great news to hear i'm just yeah you know for a while it was the zoe kravitz catwoman show but i think that i think it was one or the other we were either going to get you know the catwoman show or the penguin show and maybe just you know penguin just kind of worked better it's just maybe it's a little bit more grounded it, it might be the same situation like with peacemaker where james gunn kept saying that he didn't get a lot of time to do much with the peacemaker and the suicide squad so he came up with the story mm. like during quarantine and mm. that's how and that came. looks great, by the way. I, I think that's going to be great. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to the, I, I love the out of the box stuff with DC. And I think, and I think Batman is the more out of the box ideas you can have that kind of the better it is. You know, I mean, there's a reason that we're that, you know, almost 30 years later, we're still talking about, Danny DeVito as the Penguin. We're still talking about Michelle mm. Pfeiffer. We're still talking about Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton's coming back as Batman. <laughs> Sounds mean, like uh, they got a pretty good plan over there. Sounds like they got a pretty good plan. Well, I don't know about that. I've heard they don't have a plan. So. <laughs> oh, it depends on what idiot you're listening to. <laughs> uh, I'll trust the idiots over at Batman on film. They seem to know what they're talking about. <laughs> I think uh, we're more like kind of just a holes. <laughs> no, oh, that's even better. I'll take that. I'll take that over idiots. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm. I think what stands out to me for this movie is that you know, like we were talking about before, the music is so interesting, and it just visually, like if we could turn off the dialogue and just listen to the music and watch the movie, mm-hmm. I think it would still flow so well. Oh, it does, because I do that often. That's a soundtrack I listen to quite frequently. You know, the funny thing is that the the soundtrack itself, like, you know, like around Christmas time, I'll listen to the Home Alone soundtrack, but I don't listen to the Batman Returns soundtrack at Christmas. I listen to that all year round, you know? It's Yeah, it's just always in rotation. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas uh, Batman, uh, like, you know, and maybe there could be more Christmassy stuff to it, but. It doesn't have to be. It, it looks- you get some notes of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas in there. You could oh, see sure. Danny, Danny playing with uh, ideas early on. So yeah, yeah, and because that he, movie came out what a year, year and a half later, something like that. I think so. Yeah, I think it was a year later. They're um, close. Yeah, because they were he was doing both of them at the same time. I think. Um, 
you're scoring the music i mean and then i'm uh, sure i mean stop motion i feel like takes forever so they probably were making that movie like 1990 right <laughs> I, I think they were there's there's that show on netflix um the movies that made us there's an episode about nightmare that's pretty interesting okay i'll um, check that i saw toys that made us and i loved it the the movies i i seen I, I saw that one i watched the ninja turtles one and i watched the uh power rangers one those ones mm. were fun um yeah. there you know there wasn't one about batman though which it's unfortunate because Batman and Robin is basically a two-hour toy commercial, and we could have had some interesting stuff there. Well, those Christmases between '95 and '97 were pretty epic. I, yeah, I, I remember um, a lot of Batmobiles. Yeah, a lot of Batmobiles, and then the toy, you know, Bat Cave set that mm-hmm, was like mm-hmm. three pieces. Wayne Manor in the front, yeah. and the, the uh, Bat Cave in the back. Um, it's it's so funny because Batman Returns to me is a lot like, um, in a way, Ghostbusters 2, where I didn't find out that people didn't like Ghostbusters 2 until I was a lot older. And then when I got older, I found out there was this big controversy about Batman Returns. And that's why Joel Schumacher was brought on to do Batman yeah. Forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Which I really only learned in like the past, like, I guess, I guess when those DVDs came out in like 2005 or six. Uh, Batman Returns was a hot topic. I mean, you know, it, the Penguin was a very controversial figure. Yeah. Not only, you know, the kidnapping of the kids, but the black goo was a problem. It still bothers Rick Shue to this day. I don't, you know, <laughs> it's still a talking point for Rick. He hasn't gotten over that goo uh, for some reason. Uh, you know, Penguin Bud's black. I mean, get over it, Rick. Jesus Christ. Um, you are poking it, the bear yeah, like, constantly, though, you know, on Facebook. <laughs> me, me, no, no, in the duck. Um, <laughs> But, you know, McDonald's was a big part of that. You know, they can't sell Happy Meals with a monster on the on the bag. And, yep. you know, the Kenner toys, I believe it's Kenner at the time. In the, for the action figure, if you look it up. And uh, Neil Adams Robin design actually makes it into the Batman Returns toy line as well. That's a fun little toy figure. I- in fact, well. I remember that because he because Robin was in I guess the first draft. Um, Wayans, yes. Yeah, and uh, and then from what I hear, he was supposed to continue his contract under Batman Forever, but they just yeah, bought, they him, bought out him out. Of, yeah, mm-hmm. so he made like quite a bit of money for no work. <laughs> no, but uh, you know maybe uh, he'll see a little redemption. Batman eighty nine, the comic book is out. Yep. And Sam Ham, the scribe of Batman one, uh, Batman eighty nine, Batman who calls it that batman 89 uh was writing what he called batman 2 and uh that was when the robin character was introduced they've been trying to introduce robin since 89 he was originally in batman 89 written out in batman returns written out and then luckily we got him in batman forever which was a solid portrayal yeah uh i think it's it's funny because the the story almost would have worked if they had included dick grayson because the the whole Red Triangle Circus, you know, it would have been a stretch and totally different, but it would have been kind of interesting. To... But I don't know if you've been reading Batman 89, it doesn't seem like Dick Grayson would be that character. You know, it's this is yeah. a new Robin. So I figured this is what this is similar to what they were coming up with at the time when this was called Batman 2. Yeah. But Sam Han's Batman 2 script is actually on the Internet. You could read it before Daniel Waters and another gentleman were brought on for some rewrites. Mm-hmm. Um, Funny story about Daniel Waters, he loved kids crying. So he was all about like the freak out over Batman Returns and thought it was glorious. But he actually <laughs> turned in his script for Catwoman. Uh-huh. They were going to make a Catwoman movie with Michelle Pfeiffer. 
Yep. He turned in his script for Catwoman at the Warner Brothers offices the day that uh, it's either that Batman Forever premiered or the day that Batman Forever hit theaters. Mm-hmm. And he, in the com- if you watch the DVD uh, special features from Batman Returns, he goes, it probably wasn't the best idea walking in the offices that day. Uh, <laughs> um, the bright, cheery Batman clearly had won over the crowd and uh, Daniel Waters' take was uh, scrapped. <laughs> which is uh, unfortunate because then 10 years later, we got the Halle Berry Catwoman, which is... I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Something else entirely. I must have just dreamt it. I feel like I'd yeah. much rather watch Gotham. And I thought I'd never say that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because I, I love those uh, interviews where he says that he talked to when he was having meetings with Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton would say, No, 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 I should say less here. So he like cut out all these angry Batman monologues. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's it's interesting because like it, you know, in those first two movies. Bruce Wayne and Batman, they don't get a whole lot to do. They just kind of move the story along a little bit. Um, where like the villains are the protagonists of those stories. Like, you know, Batman Returns is a Selena Kyle story. Um, and uh, and an Oswald story. You know, they're the ones with like the the arcs throughout those, the you know, throughout that film. Yeah, a lot of people complained in the Burton movies that the Joker, Catwoman, and Penguin got too much screen time. Um never bothered me um i i i never once watched either of these films and thought man there's not enough batman in here you know <laughs> i i maybe there's i don't know they just i love seeing oswald like i'm watching the movie now as we're talking about it and yeah, oswald yeah. just kidnaps max and he's he's with next to the poodle lady as he spins his umbrella and i'm just fascinated by oswald in his little arctic world lair and yeah, with his dirty robe and his clown, his the the insane clown posse, right? Like it's just <laughs> it's it's just interesting to me. Like I'm just I'm captivated by these characters and Burton's take is very interesting to me in general. Just how he sees and visualizes these iconic characters who we've known for over eighty years, and he really did reinvent them to an extent. You know, like this is a fresh penguin. This Catwoman's new. He he did a little. He was probably a little bit more reined in with eighty nine and and Batman than he was in in Returns. But um, you know, uh, uh, the strong man blowing up the strong man aside, I, I will always love this interpretation of Batman. No, I I totally agree. Uh, I think I, I get the argument that you know Batman's not in it very much. It and it's a valid argument. But at the same time, it's like to me, it's like I like the idea as much as I would love more Batman, I, I do, I don't mind the idea because I like the way he's sort of just, he's there when he needs to be, you know? I believe one Batman said he's, he's, he's real when it's useful. Yes. Right? Like that's kind of <laughs> how it, that's kind of how it feels in these movies. Like when Batman needs to be around, Batman's around when Bruce Wayne needs to be there, he's there. And yeah, when and he's not, we're, we're following Oswald and Mich- uh, Michelle Selena around Gotham. I, you know, and that's not a bad thing. I don't mind, you know, hanging out with Michelle Pfeiffer for two hours. So. I mean, uh, we did, you know, look, this is our second Batman movie. We got a good, I think we got a good amount of uh, Batman Bruce Wayne in the first one. So I don't mind spending more time with the villains. I don't think any, I don't think while their minutes may not be equal, I think that everyone's moment is uh, captured wonderfully on screen. I, I would say everyone's got a fair share of their time to shine. I, I think so too. And I think that it and that includes Max Shrek, who is the true villain of the film. He's, you know, and, and it, it's so funny to, it, it sometimes gets on my nerves that people can be so 
like they just cre- treat Christopher Walken like the oh you know uh you know you know whatever kind of guy when it's mm-hmm. like no you like yeah he can be that guy when he wants to be but he's also a powerhouse actor and yeah. he's almost unrecognizable in this movie compared to his like memeable one days. of the greatest wigs in the history of any Hollywood production <laughs> in this movie. His a, gray wig is phenomenal. Apparently, his uh, cufflinks are actual like molars too. Like, really? uh, yeah, I, I read about that. My legacy for Chip. <laughs> it's funny how he sells Chip out at the beginning. <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah. "Dad, go save yourself," and he runs, and then like later, you know, he sacrifices himself for Chip. You know, which is. Which is cool, I guess. There's, he's always worried about himself, whatever he can. I don't know. I don't know. Mac, Max Shrek is he's a very interesting villain. He's especially when you realize like he's originally supposed to be Harvey Dent. Yeah. You know, it's that- uh, you could see it in there for a while, though. Like there was a time in my life where I I forgot I would pretend Max Shrek was Harvey Dent. You know? <laughs> oh, I, I'm just the opposite. Like I, I always thought of him as Max Shrek. Like I don't I don't really see the Harvey um the power plant stuff the stuff involving city hall like it it doesn't kind of make sense why someone like it'd be like the guy who owns macy's getting involved in new york politics right like it it just it seems a little weird right like why would you get involved you know and and there are certain instances where the (laughs) the burton batman like why does bruce wayne want to why is bruce wayne getting involved with max shrek and saying he's going to investigate him like it's like well what's going on all right like there are a few moments where the where the burton batman movies take a weird turn but you know, I, I think they're just too entertaining to really criticize. It's, you know, it, it's that like Grant Morrison quote, isn't it? It's like, you know, who fills up the airs on the on the Batmobile? It's like nobody fills up the fucking airs on the Bat <laughs> the Batmobile, like fills up the air on the tires in the Batmobile. Don't yeah. worry about it. Just read it. Um, and I, and I, we I, all know it's Alfred anyway, so who cares? Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, like, OK, like I, I don't we don't need to get into the why of it. Um, I do like that. You know, Penguin just say like, you know, elections are in November. This is December, and he's like, "Oh, I've got all my employees assigned a recall." It's like, "Oh, okay, sure." You know? Yeah, it's just <laughs> okay. All right, okay. I, I guess. Um, but yeah. how many department stores do you have in the city? <laughs> Can one department <laughs> and, store do that? And potentially maybe around the the globe too. I don't know. Maybe um, I don't know. Um, that was something that you know. It's funny that. In, in the recent comics, like recent, recent comics. Um, like, I think it's Legends of the Dark Knight that Chase Meridian is, is in now. Um, or she was, I believe, oh, she made two appearances. It might have been, she might have been in the, the Detective Annual, which I reviewed from Batman on film, and uh, Legends of the Dark Knight. So she's, uh, she's being reintroduced, which is great to see. Um, yeah, but you know, she's, she's getting in there, but we, we got to get some Max Shrek in there too, man. Like, <laughs> um, we're we're missing out on him. He was the original character for the movie, but I don't think mm. he's been in any of the comic books. No, uh, not that I can recall outside of the actual movie adaptation of Batman Returns. Right, right. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'd love to get and Knox as well. You know, that's probably one of the few gripes I have with Batman Returns is there's no Knox at all. Um, I'd love to get Knox in, in a comic book. Um, it was nice to see him pop up in the in the CW Crisis. Yeah. So that was fun. But uh, yeah, you know, I'd love Chip and Max to make it to uh, to the publication route. And uh, if you are reading Batman 89, there are little uh, 
Easter eggs of Shrek's department store. We see that Felix the Cat wannabe logo everywhere. So yeah, yeah, uh, he's out there somewhere. Well, yeah. Chip's out there. I would imagine Max is dead, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Chip would want, hopefully, want to get revenge, and you know, maybe that'll be, you know, if they do a part two of this series, um, he'll be like Three Face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so you know, the, I I think what's uh, you know what what draws me into the movie is that it is so visually interesting and you can just, and you can kind of tell that these actors, especially Danny DeVito are just, they're having the time of their lives. Like, Oh yes. They're, they're getting just to cut loose and have fun. And, you know, and one of my favorite bits in the movie is when, you know, Batman's in the Batmobile and he's going to turn it into the bat missile. And he's like getting all freaked out, oh, you know, it's, yes. such, it's such a good moment. Cause you don't know what's supposed to happen. You just know that like, wait, like, he's getting worried and Batman's worried, then something's wrong. Uh, when something is usually going wrong, I'll say to myself, no, I'm a little worried. And that's because. <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, I've done that. I, my, my best friend, Jesse, I can make those kinds of, we can say those kinds of lines to each other and we'll immediately pick up on it. Uh, we turned it into a game like, Hey, name that movie. And you know, He's he's actually he, he's good at stumping me on that, but it'll be something like that. It'll just be an obtuse line. Just like now I'm a little worried, and then yeah. like, oh, it's Batman Returns. Um, I actually I went back maybe within the last four years, and I bought that action figure. That actually, well, I guess it's an action figure. Uh, that toy, the Batman Returns Bat Missile, mm-hmm. it cost me a pretty penny, but it it was worth every bit. It really <laughs> was. I, uh, I I love it. I, I pushed that button. And they don't make toys like this anymore. Those two side panels literally fly off the car uh-huh. like with authority, with force. <laughs> like don't don't make sure that it is clear on the sides of the Batmobile, because when you push that button on the on the top of the canopy, the the, the side panels just jettison off the car. So well done, Kenner. I believe it was Kenner. That's awesome. Um, they, see, but you know what they didn't do is they didn't make one like that for the Dark Knight. Where the bat pod shoots out of the Batmobile, so no, they didn't. So props to props to Kenner for nailing it with that Batman Returns one. I, I gotta say the the vehicles in Batman Returns were very impressive. The Batmobile did a hell of a lot of cool things. Yeah, to the the whole like lazy Susan thing with the torch thrower. Yeah, uh, the Bat missile. Um, I we all know I love the duck. The Duckmobile is one of my favorite vehicles of all time. Yep, and the most underrated Bat vehicle ever is the Bat ski boat. Yes, I you know, love it, that one. And no one talks the fact that we got two boat. We got in back to back movies. We got new bat boats. <laughs> yeah, I you know when uh, every now and then like Hot Wheels or whoever will release like the bat vehicles like yes. that. I'll see that one like a Walmart or Target, and I always pick it up because I you know I got it right here somewhere. I just moved, so I have like a million boxes everywhere. But <laughs> um, that's why it kind of looks like from your point of view, I might just be like in a prison cell because it's just all white behind me. <laughs> I just haven't decorated the house yet. <laughs> looks a little too clean to be prison. But. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's some spackle right there. That's right. Um, you know, my one of my favorite aspects of the Michael Keaton Batman is just how fucking extra he is. Like, you know, in the first movie, he's got the one bat suit in this film. He's got about 40 bat suits that look all exactly the same. And he's like meticulously picking out which one he's going to wear. <laughs> and uh, whereas like 
and I love the juxtaposition too, because Selena's frantically driving down the street trying to find her Catwoman suit and look at the road. Yeah. And, you know, she's like going crazy a little bit. Like, I feel like we all have those road rage moments where he's just like, dupe, I think I'll take this one, CF, and then boots from B4, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, well, he's well prepared, you know, he, after he got to that battle with the Joker atop of the cathedral, he realized he needed to uh, restock the wardrobe. Uh, what do you think of the the costume in Batman Returns? Uh, uh, I enjoyed. I, I actually go back and forth on to which suit I like more that Keaton wore, the Returns or the '89 suit. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy both of them actually. I, I kind of like the industrial look to the the Return suit, but I like the the human aspect of the '89 suit. I like how it it just shows like he's evolving. Um, yeah. Maybe this is like a stronger armor quote-unquote but then is it not because the cat can just penetrate it with whatever the hell her fingernail is made out of um <laughs> you know and you could just see like he's 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 figuring things out he's learning he's becoming a better batman uh you know the batmobile does some different things in this movie like i said mm-hmm. earlier and uh, you know he, he's updated his tech in his cave his caves evolved so yeah. you could just see this is a batman over the course of what like two three years who's kind of grown i I, I dig that too. Um, I think that the return suit is a little bit more streamlined. It doesn't look as mm. uh, as used. Especially in the cowl. Yeah. like uh, And not to say that that's a bad thing in 89, because it isn't. Um, but I do like that it, it looks, you know, it, it looks a little bit cleaner and it looks a little bit like it has a little bit more function to it. Um, you know, the, in the first scene... Still can't we, turn his head, though. <laughs> yeah, no, they didn't figure that one out, I think, until The Dark Knights. <laughs> <laughs> Needed a, a smarter mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, a less busy mind. Um, there you go. I was waiting for you. I set you up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, he's not going to get it. He's going to pull a lower and not get the reference. <laughs> uh, what was that one you guys were talking about? The uh, <laughs> Thanks for the tip, Dwayne. Thanks for the tip, Dwayne. Yeah. yeah. You guys were saying that on your... On, I think it was his show... And I was just like in my car, like laughing, going like, Lauer, man, <laughs> like I yeah. had that instantly. I, you know, I mean, I'm well, not going to bash the kid. He's a good kid. He's yeah. a good kid. That Lauer is a good kid. He's still uh, he's just too busy. His head in all those books. So. Yeah, he's got he's to get his nose out of them books. <laughs> um, but I think, uh, you know, I, I love that the first scene in the movie is just like he doesn't even have to get out of the car to you know, kick the crap out of these villains, you know, he's, you know, oh, he's, God. he's Isn't tripped, that car beautiful. He, you know, he trips them and he shoots the one guy and he mm-hmm. just, you know, he throws the other guys into the flaming toy store. <laughs> and, you know, and I, and I don't think that guy died, by the way. I mean, if you're going to walk around blowing, you know, fire, you've got a, you know, you're wearing the proper material, heat wave, firefly. Those guys have no issues. This guy yeah. knows he's getting into. Come on now. It, That's another I, Rick shoe complaint. I'm just shooting down all the Rick Shoe issues today. I also maintain when he throws the fat guy down the or the strong man down the the well or whatever, you, you hear him groan. So he's not dead. He just he just got hurt. You know, now <laughs> that you think of it, I kind of figure if he got, if the bomb was attached to him, right, and he blew up, we probably see maybe a finger, maybe a couple spots of blood. Yeah. We don't see that, so maybe he got away. Maybe he felt the. The after effects, maybe caught a piece of shrapnel. I don't know, but uh, I don't know. You don't see him die, really. You just know the bomb explodes. I think hearing him grunt is like, that was sort of the animated series rule. They're like, if if they grunt, 
that means they're not dead. <laughs> you know? Just unconscious. Yeah. If you don't see the body, they're not dead. I'm like, okay. Yeah. That, that was always like the way out with the Joker. Well, they never found his body kind of a thing. You know, um, in the words of the great Judge Mills Lane, I'll allow it. <laughs> um, the, you know, but I, I love that, you know, there aren't a lot of fight scenes in this movie, only like a couple, really. But I think that the, the fight scenes with Batman coupled with Danny Elfman's music, they just like I just get excited watching it and going like, this is so cool. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he just grabs the two guys and he knocks their heads together. You know, mm-hmm. he pulls the sword out of the sword swallower's mouth. Yeah. You, know? you know, Batman fights. He fights Catwoman fisticuffs pretty often in the movie. Yeah, he's fighting the Penguins goons. The Penguin Batman fight is almost more in the public eye. Yeah. Not really between the two of them until after Penguin, until after Batman runs over the duck, which yeah. he deserves. He at least deserves a shot in the noggin for that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you're right. He, there's not a whole lot of Batman fight because, like, let's be honest, Penguin can't take Batman physically. Oh, no. He's like, got, you know, he's barely got he's, he's got no reach. <laughs> like the the only reason he can't uh, even make a fist. <laughs> well, the, the, the funny thing is, is when he says who's holding the umbrella and then like later, like Batman makes a point to take it from him and, and bitch slap him with it. Yeah, no, um, it's great. I love that. I love that. I, I, it's, there's so much. Oh, I love Danny DeVito. He, I mean, it's funny thinking like that. He's like this Oscar winning actor. He's like crazy famous and director. I believe you want to win an Oscar for directing. As I well? think I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's done a lot of great work over the years. And I guess like it was, it was like a get for him to be on. It's always sunny. And now we can't imagine it's always sunny without him, but you know, the, the first season that was like seven or eight episodes, he wasn't in it. And the show was about to get canceled. And they were like, well, if you can get us somebody on the show, that's a big star, we'll keep you going. And Danny DeVito was like, and I guess they reached out to him. He said, yes. And then, uh, you know, it's been what? Oh, my gosh. Like, they're going into, like, season 15 or something, you know? <laughs> like, that's crazy. So, I love DeVito. I, oddly enough, Danny DeVito is actually a Jersey boy. From He was born in Neptune, New Jersey. That's South Jersey. Oh, yeah? So, you know, one of, one of my own. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. That sells it. <laughs> He's, uh, I mean, but I think he, he is a really great actor. Um and, you know, it really sells just the, the grossness of the penguin. But I also believe that that he's maybe not a genius, but he's also really clever and really just knows how to push buttons with people. Like he knows how to blackmail Shrek, you know, mm. he can't, like he knows how to get under Batman's skin. Um, the only person he really can't like get one over is, is Catwoman. Um, no. And that's when he pulls his whole like, toxic masculinity like goodbye speech. my unintended <laughs> um did, did you read the story that devito wrote i did and I, I was surprised at what it actually was uh, i read an interview with danny talking about it and I, I i read that he reached out to michelle and said this is the type of story i'm going to do do i have your blessing to do this mm-hmm and I thought it was interesting that he reached out to her because it's not like she owns the rights to Catwoman. I know they worked together in the movie, but it was so long ago. But yeah. I thought it was very interesting that he asked her for permission to write Catwoman this way. Mm-hmm. And then I read the story and then I find it as a love story between the two. 
Yeah. Now, obviously, this has to be an Elseworlds tale because we recently just <laughs> got out of Batman and Catwoman, you know, at the altar recently. And right, right. Batman, Catwoman, the the, the sequel, um, the continuation of that tale. So I, I I was kind of taken back. I, I thought he would do a more traditional Penguin story, but I'm the change of pace is refreshing to me. I have to go back and reread it. And then it involves the vaccine and the pandemic. And I'm like, and I, you know, now it's like, oh, wow. I didn't know Danny had a stance on this. And then you find out that he does and he writes it this way. And it's, it's all just very unique. And it's, it's one of those stories where you just get so blindsided by what actually is. Cause you had no idea that it was coming that you need to read it like four times. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I was really just sort of taken aback by it. I mean, but he's also joining this line of, uh, you know, recent uh, DC stars writing their comic books, right? You know, like Nicole Maines and uh, Camus Johnson. Um, Even know. the man who uh, I forget his name at the moment, but he uh, he voices Harvey Dent, Two-Face and the Batman, the audio adventures. He wrote a story featuring Two-Face in the Batman, the audio adventures comic book. Oh, OK. So, you know, this is kind of a thing. And he, and you mentioned Mr. Johnson from Batwoman. He wrote a Batwing tale earlier. Yep. I think that was in Batman Urban Legends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm all for it. I, I, I think it's a cool idea. You know, um, I would love to read like Nightwing by Chris O'Donnell if he ever had an idea, you know, or, or yeah. whatever he wanted to do. Um, you know, I, I call me crazy, but like Mr. Freeze and Arnold, if he had a story, I'd, I, if you want to put it in an anthology book, I'd love to see it, right? Yeah, uh, I, I think Hathaway and Catwoman, same thing. Like, I mean, it could be anyone though. Like, no, I, I, I totally agree because I think it, it shows that, like, it's not something that they have to do, but it, it shows that they care about the characters and they want to be a bigger part of the legacy of the characters. Mm-hmm. Like, especially Nicole Kane's or Nicole, excuse me, Nicole Maines with Dreamer, like, not a character from the mainstream comics. Um, yeah. But wanting to make her mark there and Danny DeVito kind of telling, you know, it's essentially his version of the penguin, but you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But there's nothing and, wrong with you that. Know, everyone says that they're fans of this and that growing up and all that stuff. And, you know, you, it's like, well, how much of you were you a fan? Like, were you a kid and you got an action figure when you were eight, like that type of fan? Or were you <laughs> like us who just get sweaty and, and extra nerdy in your mid thirties? Um, you know, it, but it, it proves that like these guys do care and they're really invested and, you know, almost for Danny, it's kind of like unfinished business. Like the, he may have not played the penguin again since 1992, but Oswald's probably been with him every step of the way. Right. Like he's probably yeah. thought about it so much. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he always talked, Danny always talks about how he ate a lot of great sushi. Yeah. during uh, the yes. filming of batman returns and it, it's just he's always very while oswald is not a you know uplifting figure in this film mm-hmm. danny whenever he talks about him is glowing so it's again it's just great to see that uh, a, char- a character and the actor who portrayed him can kind of go hand in hand and it's again it's just it's great to see that some of these guys really do love this stuff you know not all of them have to be some of them are just very talented actors who just take money for checks you know hugo weaving comes to mind yeah. you know like he hates playing megatron but uh he can't stop for some reason well i guess now <laughs> that the bait formers are done he's finished but you know like yeah, he yeah. just he reluctantly takes jobs whereas someone like devito 
he loves what he does and while yeah he's this this is how he makes his his money but he's he's very happy and content and you know i guess he only takes jobs that he wants to do as opposed to jobs that he needs to do and and that's such a cool uh luxury uh, as as an established actor that you know a lot of struggling actors in la you know or new york they don't get that opportunity to go like well no i don't want to do that i'm going to turn down that big budget superhero movie that'll get me a lot of exposure you know mm. <laughs> whereas like danny devito yeah. you know he you know and i think for him it was the same thing that mike brought michael keaton on it was tim burton like tim burton being like hey this really cool idea i'm really excited about it and he got excited about it and and also just the idea that he gets to just you know he gets to be in the makeup chair for a long time and he gets to just and I guess, like, in, even in between takes, he was still like, rah, 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 you yeah, know? <laughs> he, he stayed in character. There's a there's a funny story again on the DVD extras where uh, they, you know, the scene where Batman gives the monkey the letter, the letter hand, yeah. hands to Danny, and he makes his. Yeah. Well, they rehearsed <laughs> the scene uh, with the monkey and Danny DeVito. No issues. Monkey walks down the steps, hands Danny the letter. Yeah. Okay, we've done this so many times. All right, let's do it. Makeup and action. Well. <laughs> The monkey ended up being terrified of the penguin. Yeah. And it took them a lot to get that monkey to walk down the stairs to hand that letter to Oswald. Yeah. So it, 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 those things are funny to me. I, you know, it's, it's interesting that, you know, I found out, you know, like you were talking about earlier that so many people found, like so many kids found him scary. You know, I was just talking to, to our, our buddy Josh, who says that he, he says to those kids that they're wimps. Uh, <laughs> I, I never they're I definitely never, wearing Levi's. <laughs> I, I never I never thought of him as scary, like like creepy and weird, sure, but I was never afraid of, of his penguin. If I had to pick something in this movie that terrified me as a kid, it's Selena Kyle freaking out in her pink apartment, you know, yeah. breaking everything, shoving things. So if, if me personally, the scariest thing in the movie isn't Oswald, it's Catwoman. Yeah. And then the, the biting of by the cats of her. So it's just funny, but, you know, raging Karens, they were a thing in 1992. There's still a thing in 2021. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, still here. They, they never left, apparently. Yeah, they just learned how to use the Internet because back then, well, there was no Internet, but, you know, they could just. Write they, letters. Just, they wrote letters to the editor. <laughs> um, and, you know, and I, I kind of get some of the complaints there. It isn't the most kid friendly of Batman movies, uh, but it was never advertised as a kid friendly movie. Right. And People I think it's just assume that because it's Batman and think Batman's a cartoon character. Right. And I, I, so applaud, whose fault is that? Well, it's, you know, it's, it's all there. You know, they just are, I don't know, you know, they're just trying to sell toys. And I don't know. It's just funny to me. Like Warner Brothers seems to constantly, be learning the wrong lessons it's like okay the first batman was a success give tim all the creative control well people are mad now let's yeah, give... was the first batman a kid-friendly movie either like it was you know it's like not really he <laughs> get shot the jokers murdering people left and right with his crazy smile i don't know it's weird um but there is some similarity i mean like it's not similarities but it's almost like oh we've done this again you know batman returns to batman forever is kind of like bvs the justice league set 2017 yeah. you know it's like the same cause and effect there like oh god this movie is just dark and depressing and miserable all right we gotta lighten it up and it you know, it's it it's worked the, once <laughs> well it's the same sort of 
vocal minority that they're listening to where I feel like, I mean, obviously we were kids at the time, but if, you know, we were our age then, just like we are now, it's like, no, it's like we liked BVS and I want to see something like that. And even Zach. Yeah, but I think the people who liked BVS are the minority. Well, that, well, that, in <laughs> that case, I don't think they're too. the vocal minority. I think they're just the minority. <laughs> I think the vocal majority do not like BVS. Well, that that would be true too, I suppose. Unfortunately, which uh, I dug it. But. Well, you know, it, and I think that Zack Snyder's Justice League was a great follow-up that was arguably better. It just didn't need to be, you know, five eight, and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, you know, we didn't need to. You know, by the time the thing was finished, I got a call from my daughter and she was graduating college. And I was yeah. like, oh, well, I just finished. Well, it's a little too me. long. It's a little too long for me. <laughs> it's um, good for the YouTube clips, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, but I also kind of miss the days when the movie, the movies were just like kind of a tight two hours. Like the first, you know, I'm movies. with you on that, dude. I recently watched the Star Wars prequels for the first time. Mm-hmm. And the Phantom Menace I like the most, and it was a solid two hours and nine minutes. Yeah. Whereas the other two were like two and a half, and I I just feel like movies in general have gotten to this two hour forty five minute mark, and I'm like, man, it's I like I'm not I won't credit anyone and say they can't make a movie in two hours. They can't make a movie, but it's just for me, you know, two and a half three hours is is kind of like oh man, this is. This is a lot. And then you get to like the four hour point. I'm like, this is too much. I, I, I definitely thought that like, and some, a friend of mine was kind of making fun of people saying that like on, uh, on Twitter, like, it's like, Oh, but you'll watch like five episodes of daredevil in a row. I'm like, where's the difference where there's like a hook at the end of the episode. Then I want to watch the next episode. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so that's a little different versus just uh, like, there's a reason that like, if you go see a show on Broadway, if it's three hours, there's a 10 minute break in between because you need mm-hmm. time to decompress and go, oh, wow, either that was great or that was shit. Let's leave. But <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you, you you need that time to decompress. And I I personally, you know, my ex, uh, you know, my ex fiance from years and years ago, we were watching The Hobbit and that's already like a three and a half hour movie. Mm-hmm. And it must have taken us five hours to watch it because she kept pausing and saying, I need a cigarette break. And I was just like, God, I'm, we're never going to finish this movie. Like, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh, it just and it took even longer. And then it was like at the end of it, I was like, I, I didn't even like this movie. We should have just stopped it. <laughs> you know, I love the original Lord of the Rings, but these ones were. Just I've, uh, I've actually never I've never made it through a Lord of the Rings movie. Oh, well, I, I'd say you're. I tried to watch though. the first two and I just can't get they're too long. It, they they are. And but again, like the even the Harry Potter movies. Like the first few were about two, maybe a little over two hours. And it's like, it's like, oh, they missed this from the book and they missed this from the book. I'm like, you know what? They got they got most of the important stuff. They got to cut something. Yeah. And and I'm I not can trying read... to live in this theater. It's nice and, to visit. And I can I can read the books later if I need to. <laughs> it's like I still have the books so I can pick them up and read them um, and get. Yeah, all that I stuff definitely that feel I like the two hour movies a lost art, dude. I definitely do feel like it is. You know, not only that, but let me say the uh, the opening credit sequence that I think Burton and DeVito were masters of, um, you know, mm-hmm. with the 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 first Batman. And then even this one following the, you know, the baby carriage the or whatever, carriage, yeah. you know, following that through the sewer is just so it, it's just so like haunting to watch, like, like, where's this kid going to go? And just, oh, uh, you know, yeah. that, that yeah, music. 
I just, I, I, I oh God, I'm going to listen to it after the show. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's so powerful. And it says a lot about the movie that, you know, you know, 30 years later, we're still, we're still talking about the, it's the, the music. I feel like, I mean, I'm not a musician, but I feel like there's piano keys that are kind of like isolated. Maybe they give it a solo. I don't know what the proper term is. I'm not Paul Herman. I'm not a musician, but the <laughs> piano is very strong in yeah. what I think is the piano is very strong in these Batman return scores. It, and, uh, I love it. And I think, and every character has their own distinctive theme too. Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, when Oswald's on screen, cause there's his song and when Catwoman's on screen, cause there's her song. And of course the Batman theme, you know, and it's, you know, and it's uh, one of my favorite bits in the movies when the Batmobile shows up for the first time and it cuts to the Batman theme. I just get excited thinking like Batman's coming mm-hmm. to save the day, you know, like yeah, cheesy as that might sound. <laughs> Oh, um, God, it's your charisma is bigger than both of us. <laughs> um, oh my God, oh. So what does he say? Like, God knows I know, <laughs> but somebody's got to do it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh not Eddie... many uh reflective surfaces in the sewer. <laughs> God, I guess you know, and that was another thing I remember, like, it's like, oh, he gets his nose bit off or whatever, and I was just like. And that guy was kind of a douche. He kind of had to come. <laughs> I I use French flipper trick randomly throughout the course of my my day. Like it's like an everyday saying for me. Yeah. And people will be like, I don't know that what what is it? like it's it's always <laughs> it's always like something I'll say and no one knows what it means. <laughs> this is a this is a more private thing for me, but once in a while when I think of it, I'll come home, and it's just me and the cat here. Uh, and I'll just go, honey, I'm home. Oh, I forgot I'm not married. Like, <laughs> just <laughs> such a such a perfect funny line that, like, yeah. it almost sounds like it belongs in, like, a 90s sitcom or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but even, like, you know, you get a sense that her life basically revolves around Shrek and these, like, she's got all these stuffed animals everywhere. She's just she like, lives to work. Her social life's kind of a mess. She just got a the one the guy she was dating just kind of broke up with her via the answering machine. So like she's kind yeah. of in a rut in this movie. Yeah, and then you know she, and it actually is like a really scary scene when she gets you know thrown out the window, and it's terrifying. It you know and it's like I don't know how she didn't get whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> you ever like, watch the way she falls? <laughs> I was like I was like wow. Like she should have been Gwen Stacy, you know. <laughs> like uh, Emma Stone didn't get that hurt. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but then like, it's it's so funny to me that the, the Halle Berry version tried to do a version of that that was even more confusing with like the cats trying to resurrect her. I uh, I've never <laughs> seen that movie. I don't know anything about that movie. All I do know about that film is it takes place within the same continuity as Batman Returns. Well, I mean, barely. <laughs> I refuse to watch it. You, so. You're really not missing anything, so I can't even defend it in any way. Um, but I, I will say that, you know, when she shows up and, you know, it's just, I mean, they all have iconic entrances don't they like you know she shows up and beats the crap out of that guy and uh, ricky friedberg i think that guy's ricky friedberg i have said that for years yes yeah like my buddy andy we always talk about this movie he's one of our favorites and uh 
At least I'm like, I think Ricky Friedberg was the guy in the alley that she tic-tac-toed. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so funny you say that because because my friend Jesse and I, we've said that for years, like like later in the movie, and she's like, oh, Ricky Friedberg, oh, he's dead now. Like, he was like, do you think? I remember him saying it. We, we were watching it. It was like several Christmases ago. And he was like, do you think that's the guy in the alley? I was like, it is the guy in the alley. And we just I think it's lost be. it. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was so funny. Waiting um, for some Batman to come save you. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I love that, you know, like Michelle Pfeiffer said in the behind the scenes interviews, the kids would come up to her and go, wait, are you the good guy? Or are you the bad guy? And I, I think that speaks perfectly to the Catwoman character. And, uh, and really what yeah. I'm looking forward to with uh, the Batman as well is that even watching the, the, the only two trailers we really have, it you can't, we don't know, like, is she working for Falcone? There's, or there's the conflict there. There's con- yeah. you, you could see the early romance. You could see like he doesn't want to arrest her. He's kind of into her. He's like, can she be the one to pull him out? Like it's the, the that tension that that classic bat cat tension is there, and it's we've seen probably what five minutes of footage from this movie. Yeah, I I'm I'm blown away by it really, and and you know like Batman Returns and then like Batman Hush, they were the ones way before Tom King that solidified. Oh, it's Bruce and Selena. They're they're the end game. Heart of, dude, Heart of Hush. Have you read Heart of Hush? Yes, yes. I love Better, than Hush. Better yeah. than Hush. I, I, I do agree with that because it has a more contained story, whereas Hush was Hush more... Hush is great. I love Hush. I, yeah, mean, yeah. I, I love it. it but, but, uh, I think Heart of Hush is better. Well, well, Hush is, is basically Jeff Loeb saying, hey, Jim, can you draw Nightwing? Can you draw Killer Croc? Can you draw Superman? <laughs> you know? Um, anyway, and he did. Uh, I, I guess. I mean, J- Tim's... Uh, Tim Sale... Uh, Loeb has all of his Batman work are ensemble pieces. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Long Halloween, Hush, Batman, Superman. You yeah. know, like, when Loeb writes uh, Batman, he includes everything. You know, in a, in a way, I prefer uh, to than uh, Grant Morrison, who when he writes Batman, he goes back. You know, he goes crazy. Uh, they do it differently, but they do. They try to achieve the same goal. They 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 dig deep into the history, into the lore, of the character. But I just I like the way Loeb does it more. Um, so I don't mind. You know, everyone always says like Hush was like uh, the Jim Lee, uh, <laughs> the Jim Lee show. But uh, I think the story's damn good. No, I no, I totally agree. I just think uh, it's, it's one of my favorites. But I do love the idea that. Jeff Loeb was able to get Jim Lee to draw these great characters. Everyone, yeah. So I wasn't like trying to knock it. I'm just saying that like, Oh, I, I didn't think you that, were. I, yeah. I think, but I do think some people have. Oh yeah, sure. Probably, probably Rick Chu. You know? Well, actually no, I was talking about Bill. Bill hates. Oh, <laughs> Bill doesn't like yeah. Hush. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've, 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 I've made fun of Lauer. I've made fun of Rick. I might as well make fun of Bill. He's crazy for not liking Hush. I don't know what the, just, well, I don't know. The old, the old Texas gunslinger, a little, little too much Texas tea. <laughs> That's all right. His, his gumbo will make up for it. Uh, <laughs> so we, uh, so there were a couple questions I wanted to ask you uh, that yeah. I said you ahead of time. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So your favorite, uh, Batman, non-Batman movie starring Batman, which is a way more complicated way to say, what's your favorite Michael Keaton movie? Beetlejuice. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, Probably Beetlejuice followed by Multiplicity. I'd say that. I haven't seen and Multiplicity I, I, in a long time. And Night Shift. Those are probably like my top three non-Batman Keaton movies, I'd say. Until, you know, and, you know, well, I guess The Flash doesn't count because he's Batman. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'd say it's those. I don't know if I'm missing anything, but I think it's those three. I 
you know, I am a really big fan of uh, Birdman. Um, although I think that movie was sold to us on the on a premise of Michael Keaton being a superhero again. <laughs> uh, the movie is much different. I mean, hopefully that. it got us to the Batman. So uh, I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> no, but I, I love that movie. I think, uh, you know, it, it wasn't what I was expecting, but what I got was this really cool story about, you know, being an actor in New York, which was like dream of mine when I was a kid. And, and this guy struggling to get out of his Birdman persona, which may or may not have been some, you know, autobiographical stuff by Keaton at the time. Um, but yeah, but, or, you know, man's I, a genius. Let's just put it that way. The man's a genius. Uh, or Spider-Man homecoming where, you know, he had the best villain twist of almost any comic book movie. And all he had to do was open the door, you know, yep. <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, all right. So if, you know, someone watches this movie and is thinking, Oh, I want to learn more about the penguin or Catwoman or whatever. Uh, what comics are you recommending? Great uh, Penguin story written by John Ostrander. Um, that's fun. Uh, I haven't read this one yet. I own it. I haven't read it yet. I'm a little uh, backed up on my back issues. But Penguin Pride and Prejudice. It is a five-issue tale mm-hmm. uh, written by Greg Hurwitz. Um, that's good. Uh, I mentioned No Man's Land earlier. I thought yep, that yep. was fabulous. Uh, that is my favorite Batman story of all time. I know it's a monster. Uh, you got to start with Cataclysm and go through it. But I, I really love the portrayal of, of Oswald in that in that storyline. And, uh, you know, check out uh, the Gotham City Villains Spectacular. I forget what exactly it's called. It came out, I think, like a week, two weeks ago, um, where mm-hmm. the story is actually written by Danny DeVito himself. We've mentioned that a few times on this show. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's... If what what other way to enjoy the penguin than through the uh, the writings of the man who portrayed him? Uh, really great choices. Uh, Pain and Prejudice. I also own that one somewhere upstairs, um, but I haven't read it yet. I I heard good things when it came out because that was that was one of the first New Fifty Two books that came out. I think. I don't know if it's a New Fifty Two book or not. I'm not really sure. Maybe it was to look up. Maybe it was but it's got that DC with the star circling logo, so it's around that era. Maybe it was maybe it was pre fifty two. Like maybe maybe a year or two before I'm really after. But yeah, it, yeah, it's around there. It's not too far off. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I you know, I think uh, I, I can't really think of very many like Penguin comics that like jump out at me other than oh oh I forgot. Also, my my favorite Penguin story of all time. Ryan was going to kill me. The Penguin Affair introduces Harold Allnut. Yeah, uh, Batman and the Penguin. Uh, it, it's uh, it's heavily inspired by like the birds and stuff, and it's 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 pre like uh, mafioso Penguin. It's totally gimmicky. Mm. He controls birds through mind control. It's 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 comic book fun. It's like er, it's like really loosey goosey comic book fun. Yeah. But um, I did a show with uh, Ryan Lauer on his podcast, The Batman Book Club, about that. That is probably my favorite Penguin story. That that one I did listen to. That was a great one. Um, despite not knowing that story, but I got I still got to check that one out. Um, and so I think I already know that your answer to this question because you guys have talked about it so much on the Batman uh, on film podcast and the you know social mm-hmm. hours there. Uh, so in terms of the the future of this franchise of the the Batman franchise, uh, what are you most looking forward to? Uh, it's it to be honest, 
it's a tie between the return of Keaton and the Batman. It's, it's just a, it's just a good time to be a Batman fan, mm-hmm. especially if Keaton does mentor uh, Batgirl in the Batgirl movie that will be coming to HBO Max. Um, just it, it's just it's great. We get a new uh, in his prime early on Batman, and we, we get that wonderful maybe Batman Beyond twist to uh, one of the, probably the most beloved living Batman right now. Uh, now that uh, Mr. West is gone mm-hmm. and left us, I think it's I think it's safe to say that uh, Michael Keaton is the most beloved Batman uh, right now. And we'll I see. Think- I don't know. Maybe Mr. Pattinson has something to say in March, <laughs> but uh, I think it belongs to Keaton. I think it's, uh, you know, it's funny because I always think that people tend to have really short memories, like when Batman v Superman. <laughs> yeah, first... well, everything's the best and greatest. Well, right. Yeah. When when Batman v it's Superman came out, it was like Ben Affleck's the best Batman, you know, and then. But I remember even like Christian Bale, like even after Batman Begins, it's like Christian Bale's the best Batman. I was like, let's calm down just a little bit. They've he's had one try. Let's let him have a couple more tries. Um Val Kilmer gets no love, unfortunately. Yeah, I I think he was a fantastic Bruce Wayne. I think he did a great job in the role. Yeah, like he just he brought some some great broodiness, and then when he was in the public eye, just like enjoying how wealthy he was, and oh, you know, please take my picture, kind of a guy. Um, Yeah, but it's not hard when you have Nicole Kidman wrapped around your arm. (laughs) Whereas Keaton just kind of has. You know Michelle Pfeiffer, like, and they have their scars. And I mean, I <laughs> guess I mean he also he also had Kim Basinger. Like he oh, didn't yeah, do too yeah. bad for himself. You know, I mean George had Ellie McPherson. Yeah. Uh, you know, if if we're gonna be technical, probably Bale's the one who got the short end of the stick, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he, I guess, should... or maybe it's Affleck. He just had that unknown model in the bed. So that's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, he. uh and Alf- yeah, because Alfred kept making jokes about how there's not going to be any more Waynes. Yeah, there'll be any after- wine in the wine somewhere. <laughs> not that there's any Waynes to speak of. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like, what did he say? He's like, why don't you go head upstairs and try to have fun? Want your dreams, Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Like, I, you know, it, it, you're right. This is such a great time to be a bad fan. And I know, like, you and I will sit here and say, oh, we've got another wave of Batmania coming. And Bill will just jump in on the Zoom call and go, well, it's nothing like 89. You're like, hold on here. What are you talking about here? Oh, <laughs> pew, pew, pew. No way. No way. No way. I'm in 89. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry that I was two years old at the time, sir. <laughs> but... I remember, but my, you know, for me, uh, Batmania in 95 was great. I remember yep. that was my first. Uh, the Batmania in 2008 was really impressive. Um you know, the Batman, I don't, I, I think COVID has kind of prevented us from kind of having that type of fun. Sure. Uh, unfortunately, but you know, hopefully this movie kicks some serious ass and then <laughs> the Batman two or, you know, whatever Matt Reeves want to call his sequel comes and we're, we're off to the races, my friend, you know, like as, as long as this, if this, and there's no reason for us to think that this, this upcoming movie is not going to be amazing because Warner Brothers ha- seems to be very confident in this film yep. to announce two spinoffs before we've seen anything, really. It, you know, it's not like Peacemaker where we got a trip, we got an entire movie, fell in love with that character, and then they gave us this this uh this show. They're they're they are very confident in Matt Reeves' movie. Yeah, I, I think that's very safe to say. Uh they and I and just from you know, like you said, like the five minutes of footage we've gotten, like 
it's it's enough that i i have no idea what's going on in the plot which is great uh but Ooh. i but i'm also able to start speculating a little bit but at the same time i don't want to like i just have you reached the point where, like me where you're like i don't think the riddler's necessarily the main villain i think he's hannibal lecter i think there's there's a uh possibly like a court of owls or something like that in here okay, okay. so uh, that's that's what i think and there's remember those early reports mad hatter firefly who yeah. made a way to batgirl so we'll see we'll see you know the penguin was supposed to be the main villain of birds of prey until matt reeves wanted him in the batman so well i well i think that well that worked out for the best because i think ewan mcgregor was amazing as black masks so. he was i wish they didn't kill him i think it's a waste yeah, it's a agree. waste of wonderful talent because I thought he was amazing in the role. You know, well, that's that's sort of the uh, the DC villain way, though. Is <laughs> very few of them make it to the sequel. <laughs> but would they end up reusing the same villains anyway when they reboot the franchise? So I even kill them. That well, that's true too. Um, well, uh, Pete, this has been an absolute blast as always, my friend. Well, thank uh, you. This is fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and you know, I'm sorry it's been so long. I sort of realized that later. I was like. I was like, yeah, I haven't talked to Pete in a while. So. Uh, my my life has been insane, so uh, you know, I you know, I haven't had much time. So I'm glad I got. I was glad I was able to fit you in. Yeah, because things have been really crazy for me as of late. But uh, this was a blast. I'm glad we got a chance to do this together. Yeah, yeah, and and finally too, because I think I mentioned this to you like four or five months ago too. Uh, I was like, I'm planning all this for the end of the year. <laughs> well, I'm I'm just happy to know that when people think of Batman Returns, they come to me. <laughs> let's make a mayor <laughs> oh perfect <laughs> um all right pete so if people are looking for you um where and that episode we were talking about of batman or i'm sorry excuse me straight out of gotham podcast um where can they find you uh you can follow me on social media that's twitter instagram and zach snyder's favorite vero at pete illustrated you can follow podcast number one that's news-based podcast that's straight out of gotham that's straight underscore o underscore g that's on all podcast platforms as well as twitter and instagram you can follow podcast number two a little side project of mine the italian spider-man coalition at italians for spidey on twitter i do that with nick and nico caruso out of chicago sausage and meatball we talk about spider-man and all that good stuff follow at team yellow oval just a little twitter handle that i have that celebrates the return of Keaton and everything involving the Yellow Oval. We're happy to see it back on the screen for the first time since Batman Forever in 1995. Uh, check out BatmanOnFilm.com for my comic book reviews as well as my movie reviews on animated films. Check out Batman on Film YouTube. I've got action figure reviews. I've got interviews with Michael Uslin. I got interviews with Kevin Conroy. I got interviews with Tara Strong. All that good stuff over there on YouTube. Check that out. Check out the Straight Out of Gotham YouTube page. Check out the Straight Out of Gotham Facebook page. We also have a Straight Out of Gotham group. JJ follows both. Uh, check that stuff out. Lots of good stuff. I've taken up far too much time discussing me. JJ, take it away. <laughs> uh, no, sir. You know, I follow pretty much all of that, and all of it's a delight. Um, it's know. a it's a it's you know it's a lot to actually do <laughs> well you know but you, you know your four twitter handles two <laughs> facebook pages it's a lot of news to just constantly copy paste copy paste and all these different platforms well the funny thing is talking to my friend zach who who does the always hold on to smallville podcast and i think it was either on his show or my show we were talking and i said something i was like oh yeah my friend pete does the team yellow oval and he was like i love team yellow oval well <laughs> thank like, you very much so you know the strangest things Maybe not the strangest things, but the cool little geeky things bringing us all together. 
Um, <laughs> it's amazing what a yellow circle oval can do, right? <laughs> exactly. All right. So we are going to sign off now. And hang on. I can't. It's not. It's not signing off. All right. Now I'm a little worried.